Hello and welcome gamers of the world to episode 102 of GameSpot After Dark, the official podcast for GameIsPot.com. My name is Tomo Hussain, I am your host and I am joined by the homies. We've got Jean-Luc Seipke. I'm, uh, tell me more about this game pot. Game is pot. Game you is get pot. high off the gaming, thus games are the pot. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Smoke a little Dark Souls. You know, yeah, Dark Souls. You know the vibes. Dark Souls. That was the dulcet, smooth voice of our very own Michael P. The P stands for Pino. Hi, am. What to do, How baby? Doing, Michael? Michael, hi, I am. Oh, we're keeping it going. Because game is pot. You know what I'm saying? It all works that's out. That's what I'm saying. And then finally. The number one Nintendo stoner at GameIsPod.com. <laughs> We've got Evan Langer. How you doing, Yo, Evan? the feds listen to this podcast. Come on, man. <laughs> Howdy, gamers. I do, in that, fact, get high on Nintendo supply. That is very Exactly. True. This is this whole intro has been a massive self-report. And uh, <laughs> that, that's just legal where you are, but uh, where I am, again, jail. Not so much. And uh, yeah, it's about time over here. Anyways, yes, uh, it's episode 102. We've got a packed show. We've got breaking news happening. By the time you'll be listening to you're, you're listening to this, the news will be stale, old. Your hot takes will have been farted onto the internet. People have been through a cycle of fighting about it and then getting over it. But we're going to get through it one by one. The news segments include some judgment beef, persona announcements, and Valve making a switch but before we do that we're gonna dip into what we've been playing what we've been doing and i'm gonna pick on evan first because evan's been excited about talking about uh, a baby game let's hear it evan every every nintendo game's a baby game to you unfortunately but uh, i mean uh, to be game. clear to be clear i fucking love them so <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like okay saying them. <laughs> it's all good it's all good Tam did an interview with Bill Trinan and uh, Nate from Nintendo. That was really good. You can check mm -hmm. out on GameSpot. There's my plug. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've been playing a game. It's about a sword that's pointed in a very specific direction in a very specific graphical quality. And that game is <laughs> The Legend of Zelda, Skyward Sword, <laughs> HD's Nuts. Oh, hey! let's go. We're four minutes in. We yeah. did it. We did it. Four Yo, minutes in. <laughs> Evan, Four Evan. minutes in. Fantastic at, performance. At some point, Thank someone's going to be like, stop with the D's nuts jokes. But it ain't <laughs> happening now. And until we get told to stop, we ain't going to stop. And if when we get told proof, to stop, we're not going to stop. <laughs> if there's any proof that no one above us listens to this podcast. It's the fact that we're still is, dropping D's nuts jokes 102 yeah, exactly. episodes in. Yeah, in, tw in 2021 of all years. Thank you, Let's Evan. Go. Evan. <laughs> okay, I want to make you guys proud, you know. I know yeah, you're into you the D's nuts jokes on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Skyward Sword HD, as Tam had mentioned. I have been very excited about this game. Uh, I do like the original a lot. I have issues with the original. I was never big on the motion controls. I never felt they were that precise, and it made the game, you know, because it, it requires precise controls to get hit enemies in certain directions. So I, I love the story of that game, though. I think the story of Skyward Sword is the best story in the Zelda franchise. So it's like Whoa. you have very traditional Zelda Nani? elements. Yeah, I stand by that. I agree with that. I, yeah. Like, um, it's a very good version of Zelda. Like, it's probably I, my yeah. favorite Zelda. I have a soft spot for Ocarina and Majora specifically. So, 
I mean, that's fair. Like, I respect very, it, very good. but I respect it. But everyone is entitled to incorrect opinions. I'm curious, yeah, Evan. Why, why? Why is that? <laughs> so uh, I can't talk about spoilers, of course. But I think one of the major elements that I can say is that Link and Zelda are not the hero and the princess. They're childhood best friends that like live on this island and like. Zelda's very clearly in love with Link and Link's kind of oblivious to it in like the beginning. Um, and then they go on this journey and like it, it, he does anything to save her and it feels more genuine because they're actually friends versus like you're the princess and I'm supposed to save you. Mm. Um, it's more like she's my best friend. I've known her since I was born. Of course, I'm going to do anything to save her. Um, so I think the way that unfolds over the course of the story is really, really good. Um, and then things happen that are in great. There's like this really great scene between the two of them um, that I won't spoil. That's just like makes me cry every time I see it. Aww. But uh, yeah, it's not my favorite Zelda. I'll clarify. The Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda. Yeah, um, I think the story. Wind Waker. In, yeah, Wind Waker. <laughs> I mean, that story in that game is also incredible. And I think the gameplay in Wind Waker is a thousand times better than Skyward Sword. So like Wind Waker takes the top spot. But I think story alone, if we're looking just at the story, I love Skyward Sword. And a lot of people complained that Skyward Sword was really linear, but I felt the story worked so well because it was so linear, because it went down a very specific path and unfolded in a very specific way. And stuff like uh, collecting the tears that never really bothered me. They're just like little stealth sec stealth sections, and I always thought they were really fun. Um, but anyways, yeah, I never really liked the motion controls. And I mean, it's not a perfect game. I do agree. Like, there are some parts where it's like, it feels like they're dragging it out a little bit. But, you know, they announced Skyward Sword HD and they announced button controls. And I was really excited about that because the reason I don't really go back and play Skyward Sword that often is because of the motion controls. I don't enjoy the motion controls with the Wii Remote. But I was also skeptical, like, can button controls really work, right? Like, can they just slap button controls on top of this mm. motion controlled game and make them work? And, you know, my thinking on the original Skyward Sword is they spent so long thinking about if they could make a fully motion controlled Zelda game. They never stopped <laughs> to ask if they should make a fully controlled motion Zelda game. Uh, but I'm happy to report that the button controls, in my opinion, work extremely well. Um, I think that uh, the right stick being used for the sword, no issues with that whatsoever. Um, and they actually added full 360 camera controls to Skyward Sword, which didn't exist in the original game because the Wii Remote didn't have a second analog stick. So what they did with the button controls is that you use the right stick to move the sword. But if you hold the L button, then you can use the right stick to move the camera, which I thought was really clever. And it was a great use of the L button because that's not used for anything else. So like that works really well. The game looks great in HD. It runs at 60 frames per second, which is great. Um, they toned down Phi a little bit, not a lot. I think they kind of made it a big deal when it's like there are only a few instances where the dialogue's changed a little bit. Um, and you can they don't repeat item information anymore. So like when you click the item for the first time, it doesn't repeat itself every time you save and reload the game. So overall, like Skyward Sword is still Skyward Sword. And if you didn't like that game originally, it's still the same game, but I think they added a lot of improvements to make it a better overall experience. And I think that, you know, again, if you enjoy the story, if you like the traditional Zelda aspects of it, like the dungeons and the items, which I think are really good in that game, this is just a better overall version of it. And I think the button controls work extremely well. Um, that said, though, what I recommend this game is really hard to say, because I think you kind of have to be into Zelda to like appreciate this game. Um, this isn't this isn't an easy one to, I think, jump into first. Like if you only own a Nintendo Switch, I would say Breath of the Wild should be first. And then if you like that, maybe try like Link's Awakening Remake and like Link to the Past on SNES and then maybe go into Skyward Sword. Because I feel like 
with the way this game works, it's very Zelda. Like it tried really hard. Like these are the conventions of Zelda. We have to follow them. And it doesn't necessarily feel like I think the best one to jump into, despite it being technically the first in the timeline. But um, if you're interested in this game, you absolutely should play it. Like I said, the story alone, I think even for the original is worth experiencing. You brought up a point I was going to ask, because my partner has never played a 3D Zelda. Uh, and I was thinking about having this be their first one. They have played the Link's Awakening remake, and so they've mm. played a Zelda and they enjoyed it. And I was like, ah, oh, like maybe, maybe uh, Skyward Sword, because in my head I was thinking like, well, a lot of the complaints people had um, outside of like the motion controls and you know like Fi and all that stuff was just that it wasn't. Uh, it was very like Zelda, you know, like it didn't like change the formula too much. And I was like, well, you know, if they've never had that experience, then. Uh, maybe that won't be an issue. I don't know. You think I'm making the right call or am I uh, setting them up for failure here? Think about it this way, right? If you look at all the 3D Zeldas, Skyward Sword's probably at the bottom of that list, but also like the 3D Zelda games are all incredible games, right? Yeah. That's like talking about what your least favorite Yakuza is. It's like, it's still a great game at the end of the day. It's just like, maybe it's lesser than the other ones. So like, I still think Skyward Sword's a great game. I just worry that like, because it's kind of the bottom of all the others, if you start with that one, you might not be inspired. You might enjoy it, but then be like, I don't know if I want to play the others. That, that's my worry, too, because I mean, they were saying like, hey, like, if, you know, if, if we're into it, like we should go play the others. And I was like, yeah, I'll break out the Wii U. We'll get uh, Wind Waker <laughs> HD going. But um... the thing is, the, the Skyward Sword's characterization, I think, is a better counterbalance to the weird um gameplay quirks of skyward sword than the story and characters in any other 3d zelda i think um so for like for that situation i would say yeah they'll probably have a tricky time or have have rough patches with the gameplay but of all the 3d zelda games skyward Sword's story and character is probably powerful or strong enough or compelling enough to keep them pushing through and i think like the net result is going to be an enjoy enjoyable experience, if somewhat frustrating ride. Uh, that was that was my thinking because they they do um, need like story for the most part to like compel them through a game. Like it can't just be gameplay most of the time. Mm. So like I was thinking like oh like you know that one's got a good story, it's got good characters, like that could be enough to sort of like bring them in, and then also like get into the the Zelda aspects of the gameplay. And then it's like, all right, now you're ready. Let's go. Let's load up the good shit. Yeah. If story so- is what you're looking for, then yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of the timeline. You learn about the origin of the Master Sword. You learn about the origin of a lot of other Zelda things, again, that I won't spoil that get un- like told throughout the course of the story. So yeah, I mean, if, if story is the emphasis, I mean, Skyward Sword is definitely the way to go. I think, like Tam said, you can maybe excuse some things because the story is so incredible. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I wanted to know about Evan is how does the the actual sword swinging work? Is it? It's not because uh, based on Kevin's review, he indicated it was um, mapped to the stick, right? And it's the same stick that's used to control the free cam. So that was something mm-hmm. that he highlighted as being kind of weird at times. Can you talk about how that actually functions swinging a sword, given that it was previously a actual motion control thing? Sure, yeah. And I, I do want to also say you should read our review by Kevin Kenazevic over on GameSpot.com. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, here, I have my controller right here. I'll, I'll show it. So, mm-hmm. the the right <laughs> yeah, stick... Yeah, fuck those audio listeners. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, right. We're not doing full video. You, you mentioned that at the beginning of this. My bad. I'll put it down. Uh, the the right stick, uh, it's like it's you use the full scope of it. So it's like you you wipe up and link swipes up. You go down, link slashes down. You move left. You go left. You move right. You go right. If you want to do a spin attack, you have to go left, right, left really quickly. And then Link does a spin attack. And if you want to do like a fatal blow where Link jumps in the air and he like hits his sword down, you have to go up, down, up really quickly. I would argue that last those last two are probably the only ones that don't work super well. But I think given the situation, like they're a good substitute. Um, and then if you want to move the camera, you have to hold the L button down. Not ZL, but the L button, then move the camera. So you can only do one or the other. If you're playing with motion controls, you can move the camera and swing the sword at the same time because then you're just using the motion and then you can use the right stick on the Joy-Con to move the camera. For me personally, there was never a situation where I wanted both the camera controls and the sword controls. If you're fighting an enemy, you're most likely locked onto them with ZL. So the camera's mm. already doing that for you. You want to move the camera when you're just moving around the world. You're not necessarily swinging the sword and moving the camera at the same time. So for me, it was really easy to go between I'm swinging the sword, now I'm holding the L button. And also the game gives you a prompt on the bottom letting you know when you're holding the L button, like you can look now. There's like a little thing that says R stick to look. That never goes away. So you know for a fact this is camera mode now. You let go of the L button, you're not in camera mode anymore. You move the stick. And I could see that being a little cumbersome from people. Um, but for me personally, like I thought that was really clever. I thought that worked really well. And um, I was really glad that that option even existed for button controls and they didn't just decide, okay, well, camera controls for motion, no camera for button controls. Hmm. Cool. I'm kind of into it. I want to check it out. Uh, I still need to finish Breath of the Wild though. So one, you, one thing you, at a time. Breath of the, see, the interesting thing about Breath of the Wild, I, f I feel like it's the opposite of Skyward Sword in the sense where it's like the story isn't as fleshed out because the idea with that game is you can go in any place in any direction at any time. But... The gameplay in Breath of the Wild is incredible and so much fun. So um, I also just want to point that out since we were talking about story mm -hmm. earlier. But yeah, finish Breath of the Wild, then play Skyward Sword, then play every Zelda, then come back to me and tell me they're not baby games. I Damn. Mean, there was going to be baby games. I mean, they're, they're baby <laughs> games that I, I've played every single one of and love. But, uh, <laughs> you, you, forgot, you forgot to say Minish Cap and you forgot to say Oracle of Ages and Seasons. So get a grip, Evan. Those fake, are great games. Fake friend. Minish Cap. Minish Cap is a fantastic game. It's a Capcom game, actually. And the director of, I know Oracles, I don't know Minish Cap, is the same director of, of Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. They, they nicked him. They nicked him from Capcom. Yeah, they took they him from like, Capcom. Yep, they absolutely come here, did. Come uh, Michael, <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, boy. So last week I talked about the house in Fata Morgana, and I've been playing more of that. It's just a straight visual novel, so you're just like basically reading a story happen. That shit is wild. Yo, <laughs> yo, I, the I, opening. I purchased it after. So I know you. Did, I know you. Yeah, you told I, me about I, it. I went to Steam because I was curious, and there are like five of those games. There's like a ton of them. Like, are you I, starting at the I, beginning? I bought, like, I, bought, I bought the Switch version, which has everything in it, and then. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So you start with the OG story, and there's a bunch of add-ons and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but yo, <laughs> the opening like chapter in that game is fucking wild. <laughs> yo. Okay, so you, you've been on the, the front page of, of Pino Hub and you see like um, <laughs> uh, like stepbrother, stepsister kind of things. Yo, House and Fata Morgana starts off and says, nah, none of that step shit. Straight up. This isn't a spoiler because it's like the first like two hours of the game. But yo, you, this, you follow this dude, this, little, this 16, 17 year old boy's story and his sister is wiling. And then they get this maid and he's like, yo, this maid is fine as fuck. But then the maid is also like a key piece of kind of the overall mystery of what's happening in the house in Fata Morgana. Um, so 
the more you learn about what happens to him, the more you kind of pick apart about the maid. And that's like, that's the perpetual theme throughout the, the various stories because the house exists through different timelines and different families live in there and different things happen. So that's kind of what you're kind of, that's the premise there. But yo, the opening chapter. <laughs> Ooh, Susio gang up in there. Oh, you know what wow. I'm saying? Um, but it, it gets, yo, it also gets really dark. Um, like this game doesn't fuck around with like mature themes or it, I mean it does, but it, do it doesn't like mess around. Like, uh, it, there's like a content warning in the beginning. Uh, it's nothing too explicit so far, but it is, it's pretty disturbing. Some of the things that happen, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot, but I think it's, it's written incredibly well. Um, because well, <laughs> I sure hope it is because all you're really doing is reading because it's a visual novel. Mm. So but it, it is it's enticing you got to give it you got to give it an hour or so to kind of like get the wheels turning kind of let the let the story unfold a little bit uh figure out like what it is that's supposed to supposed to hook you in into it and then yeah once you get to the second chapter i think you have a good feel of whether or not you want to continue uh but i'm i'm like hooked i'm i'm in it for the long haul and there's this this game is long too so it's it's, like it's going to be like 40 hours yeah, I don't know if that's including like all of the extra content as well, but uh, I'm I'm into it, man. It's it's like a book that I'm gonna keep reading for the next month or so. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's not many gameplay elements. I don't know if there's there hasn't been any kind of choose your own adventure type things quite yet. I don't know if there is, um, but uh, I know I, if I recall correctly, there's multiple endings or there's different branches. I could be wrong, uh, but I will find out sooner rather than later because the house in Fata Morgana is wild um but other than that <laughs> I'm back on my bullshit uh I had a recent resurgence like what's happening in uh Final Fantasy 14 itself I've had a recent resurgence with my favorite game of all time I just you know I've been going through it and I just wanted uh I wanted something that'll they'll bring me comfort something that's familiar uh, I wanted to go to a place where I felt like I belong. And that's Eorzea in Final Fantasy XIV. I've been playing a lot more. There's, cause like, I put like 800, 1000 hours into Final Fantasy XIV and there's so much content that I haven't even touched yet. Uh, and then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to try out that uh, extra content that I haven't gotten to yet. So I've been leveling up different jobs because I've only played DPS uh, for most of my life, but I tried tanking recently, and I did the. I've been doing the the Dark Knight storyline, which is kind of that's also kind of wild. It's kind of dark too, uh, but I like it a lot. It's very. Um, it centers around like vengeance and fighting for people, and also just like not giving a fuck about uh, like. Well, it's like instilling your own justice. It's it's very like Persona Five like <laughs> like the the storyline about like. Uh, what it means to like serve justice in, in Ishgard or whatever uh, the the place where the Dark Knight storyline takes place. Uh, I'm kind of into it, and but also like tanking is different because you have a different role when you go into dungeons when you do the multiplayer stuff. Like you're responsible for navigating dungeons and handling boss fights, and uh, yeah, you're pretty responsible for the well being of your party. And as you play DPS, you're just like I just need to hit my attack rotation, and that's it, and avoid AOEs. Uh, so tanking has been a it's it, you ease into it because you start with the low level dungeons and I've ran those multiple times. So I know exactly like where to go, how the boss functions or how the bosses function. Uh, and it, it's been a nice way to ease me into a role that I've never played before. 
and it's uh it's kind of it's it puts in it makes these old dungeons feel fresh again because now it's like i see it from a different perspective now i understand what the tank has been doing the whole time you kind of take it for granted uh when you're dps like yeah they're supposed to do that uh but now i'm doing i'm like oh wow this is kind of this is kind of overwhelming a little bit or i can see how it can get overwhelming in the high level dungeons like the savage raids and stuff like that so it's it's uh put a new spin on old content oh shit also drop my medication goddamn um but also i've been doing uh what's called the the bajjan southern front which is like 72 player instance content end game content level 80 oh boy that's been a lot of fun it's uh it's just basically this huge war-torn zone where you go get into different boss battles and like of the 72 players that are in that instance you can queue into the different boss fights that are happening on that map uh so it's it's really chaotic uh, these are like mini bosses that you and you earn like uh, earn ranks in that instance, and then there's a storyline that actually connects that very instance to the rest of what's happening in Final Fantasy XIV. So the point being is that all the side content that happens in Final Fantasy XIV is interconnected, and it's not just this one-off storyline of like uh, I don't know Noctis appeared. Or whatever like this is this is core to understanding how the world of final fantasy 14 works and functions and what's happening there so it, it's it's uh it's very lore heavy and it's very fascinating like gameplay wise it's a ton of fun uh it 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 puts a again it's a it's a way of putting a spin on kind of the conventions of what you know about final fantasy 14 and then also the the continuing storyline is is very it's like it's well written it's fascinating i want to continue because i want to see what happens and there's uh there's other like trial boss fights and instances that happen within that so there's just so much end game content that i haven't even touched yet so and like listen it's uh you know those servers are being flooded right now so uh, people have to start with uh, Realm Reborn, but if you stick with it, man, holy shit. There is so much cool shit to do in Final Fantasy fourteen, and your boy's been, um, I've been on it. So that's what I've been doing. I can't wait to get back. I'm not, I'm not uh, back home yet, so I don't have my computer. And every day I'm thinking like, damn, I just want to level up in the Boston Southern Front. I want to level up my, my other jobs. Man, I can't wait to get back and get to that. He's addicted again. He's back on it again. Dangerous. Yep. yep. And hey, Shit, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm, the... I'm getting back into it. Probably. Uh, I, I re-downloaded it again, and I'm like, all right, let's yeah. go. I got yeah. I got till Thanksgiving apparently to catch to catch up. Um, that's cool with the side stuff. That's also terrifying because I'm like, fuck. That means I. I should play that shit. Like I can't just like yeah. mainline through. Like I'm sure I, mean, I could, and it'll probably be fine. But like I wanna. Like I'm the kind of person who's like, if it if it's story relevant and it'll deepen the world and that mm -hmm. experience, like I want I want to see it at some yeah. point. So it just I got a lot of gaming ahead of me, man. Yeah, never ending content, man. Final Fantasy fourteen is the the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, yeah, there was a live letter from the producer recently where Naoki Yoshida was talking about what's coming to the game, and then he dropped some Final Fantasy sixteen bits. So you should check that out on GameSpot.com. Basically, what, it, what they said is that the story for Final Fantasy 16 is done. They're almost done recording the English VO, and it might not make it at TGS this year because Naoki Yoshida wants Final Fantasy 16 to, uh, the next time he shows it off, uh, he wants it to be almost ready to purchase. So, you know what? I take that for, I take that for what? I appreciate that. Yeah. Honestly, I'm 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 hella over like seeing games like for years and years, especially Square. Square is yeah. a yeah. horrible he, he, habit of that. 
Naoki Yoshida so. is he's he built different and he, he his team his teams are built different. Creative he's, business unit three built different. Yeah, they are they just stand there and they go and they like every decision they make, they just ha- they have a book which says how did Kingdom Hearts do it? And they open the book and it says <laughs> they look at it and they go, Let's do the opposite of that. And then <laughs> and that's how you make good decisions at Square Enix. So oh, whatever Kingdom my. Hearts did, do the opposite. Oh and, my and god! I, I say that um, as someone who adores that loves franchise, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I fucking love Kingdom Hearts. But every no time they, listens to this podcast, dog. Yeah, every time they do anything, I'm like, "Why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> well, you, you people are crazy." Um, but yeah, I again desperate to play uh, more Final Fantasy of Ziv. Um, frustratingly, another game I started getting back into before I got booted out of the country again. Um, so I'm like in the same position as uh, you, Hyam, where I'm like, damn, I always get back to my apartments and my PC so I can play that shit. <laughs> yep. um, but uh, Jean-Luc, what have you been up to? Uh, I watched Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. The, the Some, hottest... Someone had to. <laughs> someone had to do it. <laughs> the hottest <laughs> anime? They call it an anime. Uh, Is it? I, 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 that's what they call it, um, but I don't. I don't know what what, is, what even is an anime anymore. What does that mean? Uh, Fair question. Is this an anime? Are we anime? Like, fuck, man. I don't know. Uh, that shit is not good. Uh, <laughs> surprise. What um, a Resident Evil movie that isn't good. So it's not. It is a. It's not a movie, but it is a movie. It, that's the first part that's weird about it. Is like it, it's in the same vein as those other CG Resident Evil movies, as like the same art style. Like it's a lot of the same people working on it, except it's it's a series, and by series I mean they took a movie and they broke it up into four twenty-five minute episodes, and but but everything about it just feels like it was one of those movies, and f- somebody in the chain just said, "Hey, what if we just." break this up and make it a series uh and mm. other than that it, it i mean its biggest crime is that it's just it's kind of boring and nothing really happens and what does happen like it feels like there's p- pieces missing from the plot like to make sense so like the 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 the, the basic plot is that uh this takes place between resident evil Four and five. So this is like post Leon saving the president's daughter. Um, the president is in it, uh, actually is not, although there is a photo of her on the president's desk that he looks at and he's like, oh, that's my daughter. I got to <laughs> do I got to do right by her. Which means, She's out there uh, somewhere sitting in a fucking trash can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, zombies in uh, invade the White House and and then like that kind of kicks off this this whole adventure where Leon and these these uh, two new characters kind of have to uh, discover what's going on and and they're thinking like oh it's something to do with like China because like at the same time like a bunch of uh, files got stolen that were related to like some like Chinese secrets what? or something what? what's going on right now but but then it turns out that that is all like a. Well, um, I guess I shouldn't spoil Next it. Next thing I you're going to be saying like, is is like there's a QAnon conspiracy and uh, the zombies are actually no. are actually. Uh, <laughs> I was like I was going to make a QAnon joke and then you were like China's involved and I was like oh my god what's going on? Well, uh, it, it it turns out there's more than you than first appears. You know, there's some some double crosses of you know espionage. Uh, 
it, it's just kind of a series of events that happen. Like, so, so they're like, all right, we got to go to China now to find it. So we're going to take this sub and then they're on the sub and then the sub gets infected by like plague rat zombies. Like, like they're like, it, it, it like if you if you played Plague Tale, it's literally that where like th- these rats burst out of people's like stomachs and then start like eating I, everybody. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's mm-hmm. exactly like that. And that was maybe the one like most enjoyable part of the of the series because it was like oh, this is stupid and fun. And Leon makes like a really good dumb joke where he's like, "Oh, I wish I brought some cheese." And I'm like, "Yeah, there's my dumb Resident Evil Four Leon uh, that I love." Um, He's also voiced by the voice actor for who did like him in two remake and he does a good job. He like he he kind of he he nails the more like goofy like badass Leon um which makes me feel like confident that it, you know if they get him for the eventual 4 remake they're going to do that he could like pull that off so like that was maybe the one thing I was like okay yeah. But the problem is that I mean most of it is just boring and nothing happens there's this like conflict in this like fake um middle eastern country and there's all this stuff about like you know proxy wars and and uh, like it's like they're trying to throw so much there but at the end of the day like just none of it is very compelling none of it makes sense there's a lot of motivations like there's a there's a scene where like a character kind of like is is acting suspicious and, and kind of is is sort of like uh but he's like a good guy but then at one point like he kind of turns into a bad guy but they don't really fully explain the motivation but leon is like just knows leon just knows like oh yeah he's bad now and he did this bad thing and i'm sitting there like what like, <laughs> do, do you know that like where, where do you why do you know that it's like it just doesn't make any sense and and it, it's just it's just a series of of things that get strung along to the end and at the end you're like whatever also Sounds claire's dope. in it and sh- and she doesn't do anything like claire Classic. claire's in it and they don't do anything with her which is how they treated her in those other movies i think from what i remember i don't know i watched them but i don't remember anything about i've it. seen um, one gif from this movie or this in mm-hmm. this, this video experience <laughs> Oh, it's like I think it's Leon and someone else running around in a circle trying to shoot guns at each other. No, 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 no. Is that, that from is this? Chris and a different guy, and that's from a different movie. That was that's sick, okay. though. That's okay. that sick. was sick. I saw so, that and I was like, "That's the right kind of stupid." Okay, involved. That's not so, from this. Oh, that's so that's shame. what I was hoping for because I remembered that, and I was like, "Okay, if they're gonna do that dumb bullshit, like I'm in. Like, let's go." It doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have those those dumb moments. Like it's just pretty dry and uninteresting. It's the worst. Um, and like it, th- there's the logic of it doesn't make sense. There's a a guy who just turns into a, a zombie, but he's like got all his. He he just talks like a normal person, and they don't explain like why he is he him turning into a zombie <laughs> is different from the other people turning into zombies. Like he just he just does. And you're like, uh, like I don't know. It's bad. I love the idea of just a, a a rotten human corpse just having a nice conversation, just being like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> um, it's not okay. good. Don't watch it. All right. Don't watch it. Um, 
what else have you been looking at? You, you mentioned Plague Rats there. I'm sure that I mentioned nice Plague segment. Rats because funny enough, I've I've been playing Plague Tale. Uh, yeah, Plague just Tale got the next gen upgrades. Yeah, so that's why I checked it out. Um, because I I never played it. Uh, back when it came out in what 2018, 2019? 19. 19, made uh, but... made the top ten games of 2019 for GameSpot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Podfather Jake Decker really loved that game. I remember he was one of the people who was really pushing uh, for that. Yeah, Jordan and Janae also. Mm. Jordan, and, Janae, and Jake. And Jess, three, too, right? The three Js. And Jess, yeah. The four Js. Uh, wow, four Js. all right, shit. I think, yeah. uh, well, you can make it five Js now because I really like that game. Ooh, okay. Uh, it's it's really good. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like, damn, I wish I played this earlier because um, I think it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I think the thing that um, is, like, drawing me into it the most is how fucking gnarly that game is and how it really you feel really bad when you kill somebody in that game like mm. um like it's still a video game and so you're like you kill probably more people you know than like you would make sense in like real life like it's not like trying to be necessarily fully realistic but i feel like they because the majority of the game is stealth it's toned down in a way compared to like this. It's easy to compare this game to Last of Us because I feel like kind of like the um, the presentation and kind of like the uh, stealth emphasis and gameplay style feels a lot like it's inspired by kind of Naughty Dog games. Uh, but where I think uh, where Last of Us uh, 2 in particular fell short for me was that like the idea of like feeling bad for killing these people kind of falls flat because you just kill so many people that at a certain point you kind of become numb to it. You're like, man, like I'm popping headshots off. Like, it, it, like it, it stops kind of meaning uh, anything to me personally, because you don't kill as many people in this game. Every time you do, it feels really impactful and it feels like, and they, and they also find new ways that you're doing it that are like more gruesome each time. And you, you can like feel the, the main character, uh, Amicia, her, like her, like soul is like, rotting as she like has to do these horrible acts of murder um because the whole thing is like she and her her brother are trying to like get to safety um because the the inquisition is after them for for some reason mysterious reason and there's also this you know plague of of like literal biblical demon rats um that are like uh, invading france uh so it's just a really dark, hopeless situation. I think they really capture just like you you can feel the characters um, having to do these awful things. And like it like I'm always like, oh, like, oh, like, oh, man, like I feel I feel bad. Like, I don't, don't want to. Um, and it's cool because the game does give you actually like some incentives to like. Uh, well, it, it it gives you lots of options to stealth your way through it. But then it also says like, yeah, but it'd be a lot easier if you just like got this guy killed by these rats. Wow. Like, what if you just like knock out his light and you do that and you're like, ooh, that would make it a lot easier. Um, and they'll like give you stuff that's like, hey, there's like this chloroform you can get that you can like, you could just knock him out. You don't have to kill him, but it takes so much resources to do it that they even say mm. up front, they're like, hey, if you keep making these, you're not going to have enough resources to make upgrades later. So mm, might just be easier to kill the guy instead of taking the non-lethal route. And you're like, damn, game, you really want me to murder people. Mm. Uh, the worst which, one is when you accidentally do it. Oh, you think yeah. that you've like you think like all right like I've 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 done okay there and then like that enemy's foot is in like a dark area and the rats just like come for him and you're like no and you're like oh and it's like really gruesome too because yeah. like when the rats leave there's just a 
a, just a skeleton there, <laughs> like just covered in like goop, and you're like, oh god, uh, uh, it's like Dishonored but more realistic looking. Yeah, yeah, and like way, way darker about it. I think it, I <laughs> Dishonored's kind of whimsical. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it kind of <laughs> Dishonored feels a little whimsical. You're like, ah, I got cool powers, and this is just like I have a slingshot, and when I hit that dude with uh, with the rock, he dies. And you're like, <laughs> damn. Uh, I love it. I think it's great so far. Uh, I want to say I'm pretty close to the end. It's a very short game. It's only 10 hours. Uh, so I think I'm in like the last third of the game. I'm very excited to finish it up. I, I've, um, I haven't played a game in a hot minute that I think is like, I, I keep being like, yeah, I want to play more tonight. Like, let's go. Um, and I think the, the, the tight pacing and length like is like keeping me motivated to, uh, to stick with it. So yeah, I'm, uh, heck of a game. Uh, it's on Game Pass, um, which is great. It also is uh, uh, this month's PlayStation um, PlayStation Plus game on I PS5, but maybe PS4 as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, they. I th- yeah, I think so. Uh, but they but they have the the next gen upgrade that you get um, with both of those versions, and it like looks great. It plays great. If you haven't checked it out, you should absolutely do it. Now's the time. Get on there. Another game that you should consider checking out is what I've been playing, which is a little game called Where the Heart Leads. Recently came out on PlayStation, um, developed by Arm. Is it Armature? Is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, I think it's Armature. One of them. I'm, I'm going to Google it because, uh, just in case, because it's a, it's an un- yes, Armature Games. Um, but they are the studio that has worked on... They were ex-Metroid Prime folks. They worked on... Um, their big uh, first original game was uh, Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate. Um, but they also worked on like the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, Injustice, um, Unfinished Swan. Uh, oh, okay. Recore. They made Recore. Remember that? A hot classic, Recore. <laughs> um, and, so um, like, a, like an offshoot of Retro Studios? Yeah, the armature started off yeah. as an offshoot of Retro Studios, but like their most recent stuff before this, I think the the last thing that they worked on was uh, Bayonetta and Vanquish. I think uh, the the tenth oh, the anniversary version. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they they've worked on a bunch of games, but this is something very different. It's like um, very narrative driven. Uh, it's it's an indie game in the in the style of when you think of indie games. It is exactly what you imagine it to be. Very narrative-driven, character-driven, um, all about atmosphere. And it's really interesting. Um, I, I'm i like maybe three or four hours into it. Um, but it is basically you, you kind of... Uh, you start off the game and you you play this character, the father of of, of a family, and um, your dog has fallen down this strange fissure that has opened up outside of your your house uh, on, oh, on no. your ranch, um, and the whole thing is like rescue the dog. Um, spoilers for the first ten minutes of this game: you do not successfully rescue that dog. Instead, oh, you fall no. into mm-hmm. fall into this weird like uh, hole that um, suddenly like. Uh, it's kind of like I don't know what it is yet. Do but rats it's like come this... out of it? No, 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 no. There's no rats. That happens in Plague Tale. There's a. By the way, going back to Plague Tale for a sec. Don't play that game if you don't like seeing animals get hurt. Yeah, there's a there's a whole <laughs> lot of uh, animals getting munched on in that game. Um, but yeah, like you kind of um, the 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 dad's name is Wit, I think it is. Um, so you descend descend into this sinkhole, and you're 
basically have to get out of there, but because of the whatever that the the nature of that area is, you start to kind of relive your entire life um, as you're moving from point to point. Like you, you, the majority. I mean, everything I've played so far has just been moving from A to B and and like hitting X on text bubbles. But um, the the kind of core of it is like character interactions and thematic exploration. And I'm at the phase of um, Wit's life still early on, where he's kind of like dealing with his dad who's like in a rough spot financially and his mom who's like given up her dream to raise some kids and is still very motherly he's got a kind of crush on good the girl next door who lives on like the farm next door and um, his brothers are kind of struggling because he's failing at school but he his brother has decided that school is just not for him and he has artistic interests instead, but his parents don't understand it. And it's really interesting because you get to make a lot of decisions um, and it very much does have consequences that are, some of them are immediate, some of them, from what I can tell, are going to play out of like years in the future because it seems like you're playing out this lad's entire life um, uh, up until that point. Uh, but it's... It seems to be really, really fascinating. You have simple things like, you know, your your dad is really in a financial bother because uh, the girl that you like, his her dad, um, let your dad borrow a tractor to kind of get a feel for it. And some stuff happens and now they're in like a legal dispute. And you can do things like, do you choose to like side with your dad and or do you choose to side with, you know, the, the girl's uh, father who you like? And how do you kind of... Uh, mediate these relationships and it is very very like right now like family drama on a small time a small area of america on a couple of ranches and you know interpersonal relationships that kind of stuff but there's some really nice and sweet character stuff happening there's there's some uh, there's also like a weird like ethereal quality to the way characters are portrayed they're not you don't see character models for these these characters you just see like these white uh kind of wispy figures of humans that you interact with um you you uh, so far i'm the only character model that is fully rendered outside of my family who i haven't seen since fallen down the, the well or whatever it is but um i'm really intrigued with uh how it kind of develops because or how like the timeline of this wit's life unfolds and what it's all building towards there are definitely moments that i've already had that have been quite heartwarming the relationship between um wit, younger wit and the girl he likes is really sweet and it's really well written and um i'm really excited to there's stuff about her that's playing out like she's her some some things about her personality the life she's in and also ambitions and obviously this is the girl that you grow up to marry and she's the she's the mother at the start so you know you make that connection but you get to see a side of her that obviously as the player you don't really know um but as the character wit you're also kind of discovering she's got her own ambitions and you know when you when i learned about what she wanted to do i was like oh she wanted to do this thing and she ended up just being not just being but like just in the middle of nowhere with me you know and raising a family and there's not really any indication that she achieved that dream so i wonder what happened along the way to get to this point um and so that's fascinating the thing that kind of um i'm not worried about but like i'm kind of 
slightly concerned is I I jumped into this being like, oh, this will be like a maybe four to five hour, maybe at most 10 hour um, kind of experience that is like tight narrative driven character characterization heavy. Apparently it's 35 hours. <laughs> which is like oh, i'm like whoa that is uh that is a lot and like that's not to say it can't pull it off but um but you know like there's the tricky thing is like what michael was saying about the house of fata morgana that's a 30 ish hour game but you go into that with a clear expectation and understanding that you're playing a visual novel so you're just reading and you're going to be hitting text bubbles this game so far, its gameplay is rudimentary, which I'm fine with. I'm three hours in, but I wonder how okay I'm going to be with that 25 hours in, if it is indeed 35-ish hours long. Like, I, if, it, if I knew this is going to be, like, a very, you know, narrative-driven, like, uh, visual novel, I'd be happy with that. But, like, kind of teasing gameplay is something that I struggle with, like, it... I'll probably be fine with it because I've played all I play all kinds of games, but I just do wonder. And I've seen so I've talked to some people about it, and apparently there there are significant portions of the game which is just this is something that I felt already. Like there's a lot of conversations that are impactful and beneficial to have, and like emotional and heartfelt. But in between those, there's a lot of really boring, dry chat that just makes sense to have because you're just a kid living a life. But you know, yeah. I want, I'm, I'm like my, and I've seen a lot of people who say like, there's a hell of a lot of just dry convos in it. Um, and you're kind of like desperately running from point to point, waiting for that moment where it's like an emotional beat or something like that. So that concerns me, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it and see how far I get into it and whether I can make it all the way through. I do want to see, I'm invested in, um, in the characters, the brief, uh, kind of, um, based on the brief time I have spent with him, especially like the brother who has got this, this really interesting kind of um, uh, crossroads he's at, which many of us have had. And there's someone that I is one that I relate to as someone who grew up, you know, being told that you need to focus on your studies, but always having the creative impulse um, and like trying to find a way to make that work in a, in an environment where um, everyone's telling you, you need to be, studying you need to get this degree you need to do that um so i'm interested in seeing how he he's also a mad pothead so uh, that's going to be interesting to see um how that, <laughs> like how all that of us unfolds. here on this podcast yeah <laughs> but yeah that's that's something i've been checking out um i'm excited to dig more into that i've got like a bunch of games that i want to play but i just need to get onto. i still need to get onto um scarlet nexus um house of fata morgana um and uh I finished Mass Effect 2, I started Mass Effect 3, and I was like, ah, you know what, I might take a break for like uh, a couple of days before hopping straight back into it. Uh, I caught up on Loki and finished watching that. The season finale came out. Loki's great. I really enjoyed that. It's my favorite of the too. Marvel shows so yeah. far. Hi I, I Yeah, it's high key. I think the the finale wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It was, I'm not going to spoil anything, so you don't have to worry about that if you're listening. Um, I think it was good, but not satisfying. Which is a strange thing to think about. Like it, it. It's funny. I, I actually found it pretty satisfying. But I, I could under. I totally get why. Like I think the, the the reason why it doesn't feel satisfying is because it left a lot of loose ends, but it did it intentionally. Like that that one episode set up so many different things, both in Loki, the they've already announced season two, um, but 
also for the wider MCU, but also yeah. the upcoming movies that they've got already uh, confirmed. Um, and it's a lot of dangling threads. So I was like, oh. It's and very the, yeah. clearly the catalyst for like whatever their like next big. Yeah. Like, I, I get the feeling this is like, okay, that's the Thanos of the yes. so, era which of Marvel. Like that's, that's the most up. surprising thing is they basically set up new th- the next big bad in this season. Thanos season. Two? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Electric Boogaloo. Um, yeah. But I, en- I enjoyed it. I think the episodes up until that point um, were incredibly enjoyable. And I think what they did with that character, if they, uh, what they did with that character was completely unexpected. Like it is, the it is a, the performances mm. were excellent. Like we got a low key from Tom Hiddleston that um, I just did not expect to see. And they took him on a character growth arc that i'm so glad that they did it um and the character that they used to do that so interesting uh, it, the character isn't a, i'm being very careful not to even speak about like genders or anything because it's weird like um, <laughs> yeah. they're a character that is an amalgamation of a bunch of characters in marvel comics two specific characters but the way they use that character is very 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 smart mm. and there yeah. was a point where in the penultimate episode where like I was so invested in these two characters that they share like a look with each other. And I was like, yes, please do it. (laughs) I was like, this is so good. Um, And then like the the next episode happened and it was a little more standard Marvel fare. And there's, there's some interesting stuff happening in there where, you know, a character got to monologue for a significant portion for the episode that I was like, I see what you're going for here. I like what you're setting up. I don't like where, how, how it, how it slots in as the ending of this season. Um, yeah. But I was, I still walked away going like that whole season was easily the best of the Marvel shows for me. So I highly recommend checking it out. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, like um, uh, my partner loved it. Doesn't give a shit about Marvel actively yeah. does not care. And I was like, Hey, you want to watch this? Like, I'm curious. And by the end they were like, this is my favorite thing. Also, I'm, I'm a Tom Hiddleston stand now. Yeah. Like, let's go. Ooh, yeah, like ever just nice. <laughs> yeah i think that's a he testament to the nice. characterization and the arc like it it is a yeah. self-contained arc also owen wilson like just incredible in that in that <laughs> like i'm so glad that they they used him um he's so good in that show yeah uh, he does a really good job different side to owen wilson like he actually acts in a way that isn't like i'm in a ben stiller comedy um movie um he's got like more emotional range but he still is wow Owen Wilson. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, the, the chemistry between him and Tom Hiddleston, especially in that second episode, is like, yeah. ooh, yeah. Like, I want a whole, I'd watch a whole serialized TV show of these two just yep. solving time crimes or whatever. Time, like, crimes. <laughs> time crimes, yep. But anyway, that's, that's everything we've been playing um, and checking out. Let's move on to the news. You hate to see that. Did it happen? You hate to see that. Did we it transition happened. to the news? We transitioned like, but like, is we we transitioned, but like our foot hit the curb and we tripped over slightly. I mean, I'll fix it on the audio version, so no one will know what yeah. we're talking about. But yeah, damn. it's fine. It's fine. Hate to see it. First story comes to us from Japan, um, specifically Sega. Uh, judgment. There's judgment beef happening. Michael, what's going on Yo. with the? Tell us what, what, so what's much. going on with Kimura-san and 
What's going uh, on? All right, uh, my boy Kimutaku. For those who are uh, who follow Japanese pop culture and uh, know about SMAP and uh, Kimutaku, there are some disagreements with uh, his likeness. Uh, Takuya Kimura, who is who voices and uses uh, Sega uses his likeness for the main character in the Judgment series, which is spinoff of Yakuza. Um, so he plays uh shit what's uh yagami uh, yagami yagami, yes, uh, yagami uh, light takuki mm. wow <laughs> takuki <laughs> yagami is the main character judgment who looks exactly like uh, oh my Takeo god Kimura. so kimitaku what what's what? matter rgg studios could make an amazing death note game absolutely oh. absolutely, absolutely. Fuck, that, is, that, going that on? kind of storytelling <laughs> is up their alley that's the live action but, death note we actually need yeah you know right, anyway carry on anyway so uh, like K-pop and uh, and like or K- Korean and Japanese pop culture, they're very their agencies are very uh, specific about how their how their their clients are portrayed. Uh, they have a lot of control generally. Uh, so if you follow like K-pop and JYP, or if you follow uh, like Japanese pop culture, for example, with happening with Kimutaku and uh, Johnny's, which is the agency that handles his business, they are very controlling of how his likeness is used. And I was thinking about this uh, for a while, too, is that how long can Judgment go on using someone like Takio Kimuro, who is like one of the biggest stars in Japan? Um, so there's disagreements over using his likeness for a PC version, which is, uh, I think, is put ju- after Lost Judgment, which comes out this year, kind of put kind of puts that series on hold uh, because they don't want Sega obviously wants to make PC ports of all their games. Uh, Johnny's, the agency, is kind of like, no, we don't want Kimutaku in a PC game because people can fuck around with his likeness. Well, you know what? News to y'all. In Yakuza Like a Dragon, you could mod in Takuki Yagami's character model, which is Takio Kimura, and you can make him shirtless. You can dress him up however you want in the PC version of Yakuza Like a Dragon, and it is funny as shit. So that ship has sailed, but they don't really understand that. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so Johnny's, uh, according to our notes here, uh, Johnny's has a history of being very controlling and they don't like, uh, like the, hold on, let me expand this. They don't like to have any sort of presence on the internet. Uh, so they're very apparently TV, they, TV driven. They didn't like. even have a YouTube channel until 2018, apparently. Yeah. Like so they, they're, they're, they are very old if, school. If you ask me, they're, they are doing their clients a disservice by, by doing that. So it lines up with uh, the original findings on Steam Windows 10 logos of, on the Judgment website being uh, before being removed. Uh, so Sega considers PC to be a vital part of their business. And as a result, Lost Judgment not, might be the last uh, Judgment game. So Takio Kimura really enjoys the role and wants to be the series to continue, which is a testament to the fact that he, when Lost Judgment was revealed, he was on that stream um, presenting at, with uh, Negoshi-san and was like, yo, Lost Judgment, this is a sequel. I'm, I'm, I'm back as Yagami. This is, this is going to be really dope. Y'all should check this out. So like Kimura, uh, Takio Kimura is into it. But his agency is not. Uh, so, I, and like, I don't know the exact details, but I could see, I mean, I don't know what the what the problem might be with continuing Judgment as like a console release, whatever, or if Sega's like, I, if we're going to continue the series, it has to be on PC. I'm sure it, there it, are finer details there, but uh, it's yeah, a complicated situation because totally. a, a lot of people are saying like, oh, you can just swap out his likeness and like you did with the other character, Hamura from Judgment mm-hmm. 1, but... Nah, like same. it don't work like that. Like Hamura is an important character, 
but he is not the face of the franchise. And Takio Kimura is the biggest draw for people in Japan to play Judgment because Takio Kimura is the biggest star in Japan or one of the biggest stars. I mean, in Japan, like so. he's the biggest draw to play Judgment in Japan. Yes. So Devil's Advocate is like, fine, they don't release a, a, a they release a console version in Japan. And, and also like PC games in Japan, I guess, are, are a different kind of ball game. They could yeah. feasibly just do a, a character swap for um, Western audiences on PC. But I, I still don't think that's a good idea because like he is, he is like, his charisma and his kind of likeness are now embedded in the minds of it's like if if they tried to swap majima's face at this point like you're not going to get away with that or kiri yeah. or even you know ichiban like you're not going to get away with that yeah. um i do think it's important to uh specify that this is like insider information so like none mm. of this is like confirmed or true i've seen a lot of people be like judgment's definitely ending and i'm like no, no like that's not like hold your horses yeah. um it's, but it's definitely put it in a bind but a i'm lot sure of there this are does track and kind of add up with yeah. you know what we've been seeing and I, I feel like sega's probably just at a point where because because you know you look at it and it's like well the i imagine when they originally made this deal that was kind of before and like start developing the original judgment that was before like they were really doing pc ports of the yakuza games yeah and then they started doing them and realized you know like i remember when they like did yakuza zero it like sold like gangbusters and that was when sega was like oh shit we need to start putting everything on pc now because that's a big market like uh, like yeah. in the time between they've realized that like hey just having yakuza on Sony doesn't it, we're just leaving money on the table. We got it all on Xbox. We got it all on PC now. And now it's become such a core part of their business model that like I I could see Sega like if they can't work something out just being like, "Look, we just need to kind of wipe our hands of it." And also, I mean, this is like what the second time they're getting burned by having like a, a real life uh, you know, yeah. actor, like big name actor in the judgment specifically. And like, if I was someone to say, I'd be like, no more big actors. <laughs> Screw it. Like, don't know. Like, stop yeah. it. It's just oh. more trouble than it's worth. I love. King I mean, Taco, like this. Yeah, uh, me there's, too. No, no, no. Like, I really want great, him yeah. to stick in. And, and I, but the fact that he enjoys it, I hope he can mm. somehow the, maybe the, push like, it a little bit. They're early enough in the, or like they're far enough, hopefully, that they can create scenarios that maybe is like advantageous. Like they could just negotiate it, and this could be very much like a hardball situation where they figure out a way to, you know, negotiate. They can maybe build in something that prevents any sort of modding, um, but that's tr gonna be tricky to do. Uh, if anything yeah. else works, yeah, it ain't gonna work. Or they just like build it into the narrative and start laying the groundwork for another character to take on to become the face of uh that that particular spin-off like i mean like no one's gonna replace kiryu but like uh, ichiban did a solid solid job of becoming the new face of yakuza for for a while like and a lot of people as now associate ichiban with that franchise mm -hmm. so who knows they could drop someone new in and be like this is a brand new character and like take someone from lost judgment and be like this is the new this is the new lad you know yeah. or like ichiban ichiban wasn't in the original just make kaito the main character yeah. like yeah. like <laughs> me gets killed and and kaito's got to fucking solve his murder that's oh, not kaito. that's a great idea like it's a revenge like yeah like that's how story. i would do it i don't know if it would fly of like hey we're going to kill 
uh, you know, yeah. like, we're gonna um, kill your character. No, off you just keep talking to agency. Like, wait, but he can't die. Also, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, and so they're like, shit. "Have you seen the episode of Simpsons with Poochie?" So, uh, <laughs> uh, Yagami, where is he gone? He's gone to space. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, he went on the, that billionaire space. Bi- yeah, yeah, yeah. They all went on. He's By the end of out Lost Judgment, you, uh, somewhere. Yeah. He got that's, he got real the... rich, and then he got on a plane with Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, and now they're in yeah, a rocket ship on space. Yeah, I should also uh, also clarify that the, these details came out from a weekly publication in, in Japan called Nikan Taishu, and I believe it was translated by Famitsu. So that's where these details came out of. And then from there, uh, many other outlets had reported on this, uh, this sort of deliberation. So I hope they that. figure out. I hope they figure it out. Yeah. But from one... Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, like, I know that like Sega has talked about they wanted this to be their, like complementary piece to like where it's like all right we'll have a yakuza game with like the turn-based stuff now with like you know ichiban hopefully and then we'll have you know judgment with like and that'll be that'll carry on the real-time stuff so like which to me was like perfect mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, yeah i hope they can figure it out because it seems like they were kind of really going all in on this sort of like you know two series system mm. so well, sticking in Japan for the moment, uh, let's move over to one of our other favorite franchises. Well, we've we've assembled the perfect squad to talk about <laughs> all these Sega news stories. Related. Also Sega related. Also Sega related. Holy shit! 25th anniversary. Um, so uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna say Jean Luc take point on this one because we're all gonna start oh. screaming at the top of our lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Atlas has revealed the uh, Persona 5 25th anniversary uh, website where they have a bunch of details. So uh, in September, they are starting a year long like Persona 5 celebration. Persona. Let's go. They're going to have a well, Persona yeah, franchise, a not bunch just Persona, not Persona 5. Yeah. Yeah, it's Persona <laughs> um, in general. Sorry, yes. Uh, there are a bunch of announcements. They're teasing events, collaboration, and game information. They're on the website. They have uh, seven different things that that are kind of like bookmarked. And, and the first one is supposed to be in September. And then the next, the, the last one they just said is like, I think it just says fall 2022. Oh, so ready to be here. Yeah. Bunch of stuff in there. <laughs> but what's really exciting, the part that's getting people excited is that they already are showing off a bunch of the merch. Um which is it's your usual Japanese like I got your keychains, you got your little figure stands, you got your your wallet covers, like all this all this stuff. Some of it looks pretty cool. There's uh, I'm definitely gonna get the pins. They have the pins of all the mm-hmm. different um, mm. school logos in gold, and I'm like, ooh, I'm definitely getting that. Uh, but the big ones is that they have uh, one where they have a collection of all the different box arts. Um, so they'll have like the original Persona, Persona 2, Eternal Punishment. They also have like uh, like the Golden and they'll have like Royal. And then they have two blank ones that are secret ones. And you're looking at it and you're like, okay, these are just the mainline games. They're not, these ain't no, like, there's no, you know, arena in there. There's no mm. queue. What are these two, two other ones? And then they also have uh, little stands for all the characters, all the main characters from each game. And then they have one that's also blank. You're like, oh, what's that about? Uh, what's that? What's going on with that? Persona Six, <laughs> let's go! Yeah. Oh my god, dude! But I if it like is it, Persona Six, I want to know why are there two blank box arts? What does that mean? Maybe that'll uh, have Persona Six. We're gonna release. 
We're no. gonna release Royal or Golden at the same time. You could pick. I, You're like, you want to play bass for this new I, one? At the exact yeah, same my time. my bet is either either what Haim <laughs> said, uh, dual protagonists, or dual protagonists would be amazing. The Pokemon or, situation. Or they, or they create create. Um, you know how Ubisoft did an Assassin's Creed for previous gen and current gen. They do a new persona for uh, PS. Five Xbox consoles, PC, and then that, a separate one for Switch. That's kind that of like Persona a, Three remake. We've been we've been oh wanting for years. I would love that. Yeah, because the 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 ones with all the protagonists only has one secret box. Exactly. So it's probably only one character, but yeah. the game boxes has there's two. two. Yeah. So it's probably yeah. not two protagonists per se, but it's again maybe it's like Persona Three remake and Persona Six. That's for that's my thinking. That's my hope. Well, uh, I mean, if you're gonna do Persona Three remake, you already have. Uh, the two main characters, yeah, the two, three yeah. there. So, yeah, uh, it, no, it no, might be like the boxes, like because no, because there's one, there's one hidden box for characters. So that's probably Persona Six. There's okay. two hidden box for the box oh, arts. Oh, for box so arts, probably okay. Persona. Yeah, yeah. There's two for box arts, which might be Persona Three, I... Megan Six, and then for main characters, only one box, one hidden <laughs> so box. Wild speculation <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. I, also, yeah, I, this is, the... yeah, this is wild speculation. But like, I feel like if they, I feel like they've got already enough Persona Three, and I feel like this is this is what they're doing is they know they're creating a Persona Six, and then someone went, these motherfuckers won't show up about Persona on switch so we can't just make a persona 6 and they've, they've got like per, <laughs> persona 6s which is like a different version of the game like um, wow. that exists just for switch oh, like uh final man. fantasy 15 with like the little chibi versions yeah oh, exactly. the pocket edition <laughs> yeah 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 that's what it'll be uh, oh my god uh, but... just mario and luigi just shooting themselves in the head to evoke personas again yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying oh uh, yeah there's you yeah, said uh it could be a remake of one or two or both. They could I do mean, that as well instead of three. I, I guess so. I would love one. One's uh, never finished one, but one's kind of one's okay. But like two, two is the one that I'm always like, if they could ever do like that, could really use a full on remake because yes. I I think it has some of the best characters and story and writing in the yeah. entire franchise. But those games are really really rough to go they're, back to. Yeah, they're really and, dated. And play and, out. They're and super like, dated. In, Innocent Sin was ported to the PSP. But Eternal yeah. Punishment never got a proper right. It was Eternal Punishment that didn't get the proper North American yeah, I think that's release, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah think... it, it, there's only the original PS2 release or uh, PS1, PS1. Release of um, which. Oh yeah, so Eternal Punishment never got modernized in any sense, but Innocent Sin kind of did for PSP. But yeah, even then, exactly. like the yeah, like you said, the basis of those games aren't. They're not what what we think of Persona as today. Um, yeah. So they could. Like and there's a lot of potential that like there's a lot of people who haven't played those. I didn't play uh, Innocent Sin until very recently, and I love the characterizations yeah. in, in in that game, and I love how it's uh pretty much it's a lot closer to how Shin Megami Tensei like base S and T kind of rolls, but it yeah. still has that Persona charm with it. And Maya yeah. Amano is my favorite Persona protagonist, and Dude, she's same. She's the she's not you don't she's not the main character in uh, Innocent Sin, but she is. She is very important. Like she's basically yeah. another main character, and, and, uh, and then, then she is the main character in, in Eternal, Eternal Punishment. Punishment. So, and, and you know, Eternal Punishment. Like people talk about, like oh, I want a persona. Like get rid of the high school stuff. Like I want adults. I want personas with adults. That's Eternal Punishment. That whole yes. cast is all adults and like hmm. dealing with like adult problems, but like personas and demons. Like it is, it's what people want. It's right there. It's just. Yeah, you gotta play a PS One version of a that game, and it's like hella dated, it's rough, and yeah. it's rough. It's There's, rough to play, yeah. even though like 
you know, it's worth it if you can put up with it for the story. But like, I really would love there to be a modernized version of that game. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, Maya's the best. I, I like a lot of us like want Persona game with like if Persona 6 is like college or university themed. Uh, like if, I, I love the high school setting for three, four and five, but I feel like we need to move on. Um, so yeah. uh, but also. There's, like I said, there's potential in Persona 2 where there's already a story that centers around uh, more mature characters and themes. So can, I would love to imagine, see something with Persona 2. Can you imagine a Persona game where your your character works like a dead end job? Like like you're you're a Gretzko, basically. Yeah. Mm. Like a Gretzko, but Persona where it's like, all right, during the day you have to go to your job and, you know, like you got to fucking i don't know just like sit at a computer all day and then like all right one day you log uh, in you punch into your job and igor shows and you up never on your screen. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you could do all this cool stuff like okay today welcome uh, to the there's velvet water, chat room <laughs> <laughs> there's like a water cooler break and i'm gonna go hang out and that's how i get my my social link up with my my co-worker and uh like i don't know like that format like th- you can take that format from yeah. the school stuff and you can you can transplant that onto like a dead-end day job and i think that would be so good like, there's so much potential into this there. idea <laughs> yeah i i'm really fascinated to see where they go after persona 5 like it's such an interesting position because like that game made them more popular than ever um yeah but like mm-hmm. now they, they can either go with um stick close to that format and that style or go the you know do something wild again i hope they do something wild um, me too yeah, I, yeah, I do we'll think see. there's also a, a bit of a creative shift. I know, like the the, go. the 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 creative leads of um, that were involved involved in three, four, and five kind of like stepped down a little bit, and I, mm. I think they were like letting uh, other people kind of take the lead. So I'm sort of hoping that that change up, um, you know, allows some more, like new creative energy to be brought yes, in because absolutely. it's like yeah, like because five is fantastic. It also feels like the the culmination of what they started with. Yes, three. Yeah. like it's kind of like, the peak of that, and 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 you really. You can't push it any further without just feeling like, like you're retreading, older. right? Yeah. Like yeah, after yeah, three, yeah. four, and five, I've had I've had like I love those those three games are in my top ten games of all time. Absolutely. But I, I've had my fill. Like I feel like yeah. I've reached the potential of that mm-hmm. kind of setting of like high school kids and that youthful energy. Um, maybe they can do it. Like maybe there's something that they can come up with that'll refresh that 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 same idea. But sure, there's a lot of potential to kind of move on to something a little different mm-hmm. than that so mm-hmm. for sure i'm excited to see all these announcements i'm glad that they kind of like have separated out like the here's the merch stuff and here's the other stuff because yep. if it was like oh we've uh, we're revealing a keychain i'd be very upset yeah oh me too um, there's uh, definitely gonna be a mobile game before we move on, yeah. what color do you think the game will be? They have they have left on the UI of the uh, website. They have left. They have like colors for each game, yeah. and they have one spot that's white that's clearly blank, and they might fill it in later. What color do you think green. Persona Six mm. will be? Green. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Green. Green. Yeah. green seems like the most logical one to go with, but I pink. would have said purple, but isn't one or two purple? It, so well, like retroactively, kind of purple, it, it's right? weird. No, no, retroactively no. one has become the purple color but in the original game it was more like gray and actually like two was more purple but they've kind of retroactively made one purple and two orange which i'm like ah, oh, no, okay like i would think I get that they, red because like the cover art for both yeah both of them is like it's red yeah it's fuck. like red well uh the original art of, of uh 
Eternal Punishment was purple. And oh, like, that's oh, right. Very, yeah, yeah, like Maya. So Maya, again, yeah. they I think they, they kind of retroactively put like a color <laughs> theme on those games because three, four, and five kind of cemented that as a thing for the Persona games. But yeah, maybe yeah, green. Yeah, then I, I say green because that yeah. just seems like the one of the main colors left. Yes, good point. We'll find out in due time, thankfully. Something more immediate that we find out about. Steam, Valve, releasing a portable gaming PC. That's just wild. So Steam has announced something called the Steam Deck, not to be confused with the Elgato Stream Deck. Um, so I not literally most... thought that's what you were talking about <laughs> yeah. for the first time. Like, Why I've would we talk about seen... a new Stream Deck? <laughs> I've already <laughs> seen multiple people tweet a picture of an Elgato Stream Deck with the Wii, Wii, uh, Wii Switch uh, Joy-Cons taped to the side. <laughs> wow. Like, okay, that's pretty good. There you go. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this is a portable uh, gaming PC. Um, is decent specs. Um, we can rattle off like some basic stuff. Uh, uh, specifically, it, they worked. The Valve worked with AMD to create a custom APU. It's got Zen two, RDNA two. It's got a seven inch touchscreen with capacitive multi touch. It's got trackpads for precision. Um, it's got a uh, gyro if you want to do some of that motion controlled gaming. Um, relatively powerful. Certainly seems to be the most powerful portable gaming device that currently exists. Um, RIP to the uh, OLED switch. Didn't last very long. They announced <laughs> wow. this on the day that the pre-orders <laughs> open for. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an LCD screen, um, optically bonded LCD. Is that is that just an OLED? No, that's not one. Bonded. No, that's not what. Optically bonded. They put they put an O word with O in there to to debate us on purpose. You know it. You know it. Sixty hertz, but yeah. So basically, you can download games to it. It's not specifically just a a kind of a repackaging of their cloud service, and it looks very much like a Switch. They call it an all-in-one portable gaming PC, and you can also do things like run standard applications off of it, and you can plug it into a monitor and use it as a PC if you wanted to do that for some reason. So yeah, uh, there's a couple of models that are going to be coming out for it. Um, I'm looking at uh, the. I was looking at. I was looking at the, the website. Is an absolute catastrophe for this thing. Um, <laughs> but they've got three. Like every time you try and find out what it is, it's like, hey, look at this instead. You know, like, all right, man, please chill. Uh, there's three options. There's a three hundred and forty nine. I'm going to say this in pounds because um, I'm I'm in the UK and it will not show me anything. There's something around 300. There's something around 450 and a 570. Um, and the Ooh. the cheapest one is got 64 um, gigabytes of internal storage. Then it goes up to 256 with uh, NVMe SSD internals and then 512. And then the most expensive models, 512, it's got premium anti-glare etched glass, a carrying case, and a bunch of virtual keyboard themes and some shit like that. Oh, man. But um, it, yeah, seems, it seems yeah, interesting. Michael, are you up for this? Uh, let me see. So I am an uh, ex-tech expert uh, over here at GameSpot. And I'll look at it. You said the base model is 64 gigabytes internal memory. You ain't installing shit on that thing. Yeah, you can expand it with micro SD. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. 
So that's what's up. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. But that's obviously not going to be top tier gaming as if you have an NVMe SSD, which is pretty like, I wouldn't say standard, but I think most like mid to high end gaming PCs have some sort of SSD uh, running most of their applications. Um, This is this is this is fascinating, especially for, you know, when I think about gaming PCs uh, and if if I haven't looked at the specs, like the exact specs yet, but if it has like the, the those uh, AMD APUs, which are actually pretty pretty damn good, um, like those aren't bad prices for for what gaming PCs cost relatively, and the fact that you're mm. getting like all of that in like an all in one package, um, that seems that seems uh, kind of competitive at least. I saw the uh, Alienware prototype for what they had as a handheld gaming PC as well. Like the idea was cool, like actually holding that thing and playing something was cool, but I don't think the the technology wasn't necessarily there for uh for it to handle yeah like pc gaming at that at that level so um but you know steam steam knows i guess they kind of know what they're doing they've had failed hardware things like they've had the the steam machines before that kind of you know they're supposed to be like a consoleized version of a pc and then they had uh, the um, steam link which is actually like functionally a cool thing i know jean-luc you're uh you had we're talking about the steam link and how you know, people who still use that thing and then like function wise, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool, but that's been discontinued because I mean, maybe the, oh, the has fervor, it? Oh, shit. the mm. fervor kind of ran out uh, with, with that. So maybe this is like another, I, they don't have like a strong history with hardware. I know the Steam controller was also like, eh, this thing isn't, this this ain't it, chief. Um, so it's taken another stab at it. Uh, Valve Index, you know, I'll give cra- credits of the, the Index because that's the best VR headset in the game. That shit's wild expensive yeah. though. Uh, mm. But I don't know. I want to. I want to see the Steam Deck. I want to like actually see it functioning and see how games run on that thing. Um, the power yeah. is there, but you're not. I mean, you're not necessarily gonna be running things in 4K high frame rates or whatever. Uh, I mean, you can get like 1080p, 60 FPS on several games with uh, if the if the APU is powerful enough. So uh, I don't know. This could be this could be a cool thing. Yeah, there's some really interesting kind of like things that they have put in there like they've got they've built in a suspend resume feature into steam os for it mm-hmm. um and the the um like works with most like it's, it's bluetooth ready and it's got a usb c port so they've got an image of like the thing on a on a um on a table with two arcade sticks hooked up to it and yeah, they're just that. playing a fighting game and then the other the, the thing that we kind of like touched on earlier, like it can be plugged into a monitor or a TV in the same way that you would with a with a Nintendo Switch, and um, it plugs in via USB-C port, and that can carry um, video and audio um, and peripherals and that kind of stuff. So it yeah. it's really interesting, but my it's such a weird thing. Like it, I don't know where it fits in. Like I can't find a a a, a hole in my current gaming life where I would fit that in um especially given that i've been recently checking out xcloud and it works so well um and like i'm trying to figure out what is the use case for this like evan like is this something that you are interested in like do you can you think of a use case where it would work for you no i'm I'm not personally interested in this i think like the switch already kind of fulfills that like portable gaming gap and for me i would go to the switch first because i like nintendo's first party games i guess this is cool can you uh, can you like download games for offline play and like play them offline or do you have to yeah it seems that way it seems that you can just download to the hard drive and play it as is 
right? So in that case, like, yeah, I guess there's tons of games on Steam that, like, for example, are not on a Switch. And if you want to be able to play those portably in an easily accessible way, absolutely, this might be a good option for you. But I imagine people that are dedicated to Steam that have that full Steam library already have the PC set up for that, might already own a Nintendo Switch to play the games they want to play portably. Um, I'm not sure, but... I also think it's funny that they announced this today, the day the Switch OLED pre-orders go live, just to hit Nintendo and the jugular like, no, hey, wait up before you pre-order that. Maybe you want to buy this instead. Uh, but yeah, for me personally, no, this is not something that I'm interested in. I am. I'm, oh, shit. Go ahead. Oh, I'm. Like, the more, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. Look, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, I want to I want to try this thing. I want to see. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I want to try I wanna see how, Like, I'm. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking it, at the like, Steam Deck website and like I'm looking at the specs too, like the, uh, the like 16 gigabytes of RAM uh, and then like the RDNA two, uh, like it's 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 not the most powerful thing obviously, but it's powerful enough to run games at 1080p, uh, maybe medium settings are getting like higher than 30 FPS I would imagine. So like I can play something like Control or Doom on like on on a portable device. That's that this thing is clearly stronger than a Switch too. It kind of has to be. Um, now what I'm thinking about is battery life though. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. cause yeah. if as long as like the, the switch battery is decent for what it is, but this is packing a lot more, a much bigger punch. Uh, so um, I don't know IGN, IGN has a hands on with it. And I oh, think based they? on that people, people have been like tweeting at me saying like it's eight, eight ish hours, eight to 10 hours. I'm not sure oh, if that's really? hundred percent correct, but, um, like there seems to be some sort of like how hey, we'll see about that kind of um depends uh, on the attitude game. towards like, that yeah like if you're should, running a super high-end game it'll probably just drain it i should add that the screen resolution is 800p so it's 18 uh 1280 by 800 so you won't have to stress the thing to run a game at even 1080p uh, i'm sure mm. so the switch is at 720p it looks fine uh so i'm Eight eight hundred, uh, like twelve eighty by eight hundred. That it'll look a little bit better uh, in terms of like fine resolution, but you will uh, you'll have access to things like anti-aliasing uh, and better frame rates. So I mean, the experience would be like if you're comparing this to a Switch, it's probably going to be like a lot better of a visual experience, but it's not going to be like super high. And it's not like you're going to be playing like phones have higher resolutions than this, but obviously phones aren't going to play games like Control. So there's just, I don't know. There's expectations. Like set your expectations. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of where you guys are. I'm I'm I definitely want to just like I don't know if I'm gonna I want to show all that money, but I I want to I want to play it. I want to know what it's like. I want to. I think that the most potentially interesting thing where I could see this going um, would be just sort of the open endedness of it. The fact that you can like run mm. uh, like an operating system on it. Like I, people are going to like hella mod this shit out emulators yeah. on it like people are gonna go wild i wasn't gonna that. say that and but like an open-ended <laughs> switch where you can just be like i'm gonna put whatever i want on it you want the that, real virtual console yeah you I go mean, no. you know I you, mean, could, like, you could uh you could take technically you could run switch games on it if you want <laughs> like i mean you know <laughs> just don't i don't know, know nothing about that though uh, evan evan's gonna write you out if you're not careful <laughs> I think the one thing I'm, I'm a little cautious about is uh, how like the controls feel, just because like, oh, dude, man, that that um that Steam controller, not great, not a fan yeah. of that. Um, and I mean, it's looking just 
obviously like I, I haven't touched it and I would assume they've improved their tech since then. But like looking at it, it very much is in line with sort of that. It's got the trackpad, which makes sense because, you know, you got to give an option for kind of mouse and keyboard games. But I'm a little like, I don't know. I didn't love the way that thing felt. So like Valve hasn't proved to me that they can make a controller that I'm like mm. into playing. I look at that, like where that D-pad is. It's like right to the left of the stick. And I'm like, that doesn't seem that great I want yeah, everything feels like, really pushed into the corners in that. yeah i'm yeah. i'm really not sure how that's gonna how that's gonna feel people are um, people people are already pointing out that the b button looks like it's trying to get away from the rest of them so it's like bleeding yeah you're over like fingers gonna like slip off the edge trying to trying to tap yeah it. it's it's I'm got sure massive that. game gear energy and that yeah. is slightly worrying to me like i don't like i don't like where those buttons are placed at all and it it seems like i mean Haim, you can correct me like it seems like it's going to be relatively heavy like based on the yeah that thing that seeing, thing like chunky. internal yeah like there's a there's a lad there's a video of a lad playing uh his biceps are being engaged in that video yeah. so i'm like yeah, I'm, I'm i'm looking at i'm looking at like their kind of uh gif or video on the site of playing uh jedi jedi fallen order that what i will say is that at least from what i'm seeing uh, that the, the the analog sticks look nice though. That's the important thing because yeah. I hate the Joy-Con yeah. analog sticks. I will never play a game that needs precise camera control on a Switch Joy-Cons. Yeah. Uh, but this one looks like I mean I would expect you know after Valve Index and how good those controllers are, I imagine that you know Valve has learned a lot from that, and I could see some of that being that some of that that um, that kind of being integrated into how this thing is designed. But again, like. <laughs> This thing looked like look chunky because <laughs> remember yeah, that that's a seven inch screen on that thing. And then uh, the the ways in which the that controller protrudes out or like the rest of it kind of is built around that seven inch screen. Like, oh boy, that is hefty. It's, it's weird yeah. that it's got such a huge bezel on it, considering that was like the big thing people didn't like about the Switch, yeah. and then like the OLED like got rid of it. It's kind of it, it's a minor thing, but I'm just like, oh man, like I yeah, I I think inevitably it? I'm gonna end up probably getting one of these just to try it and like um and like have it there because we all have problems in that way where we see a new game thing and we're like we gotta buy that shit um but i will say like that has this has dissuaded me from buying a uh switch oled because now i'm like if i can spend a decent chunk of that oled money on a brand new device i'll do that instead sure and i do want to like the idea like i'm thinking about use cases and there's a whole bunch of people who probably want to play pc games that can't lug around a a kind of you know massive uh rig that probably will look are looking at this and going that's great and or people who like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to grab this and take my Xbox controller and connect it via Bluetooth. And just, you know, when I'm out at a hotel or at a friend's house, I can still play a PC game. Um, I am interested to see if, like, what happens when you, like, plug in a, a webcam to it and download OBS and see what happens. Like, what kind of, like, <laughs> streaming shit you could Your do. Your streaming based PC. That. <laughs> yeah, that could, that could be, like, a really cute, like, streaming pc like do like irl streams off of it a bit more easier wow. and that kind of stuff i would love stuff. to test that yeah, yeah yeah so like that's something i would like to test i do want to like see if we can log in and write a new story on it like <laughs> see what happens oh god um, but yeah i i it's just the, the the thing that i keep coming back to is like 
uh, we're in a, like many of us are in a kind of position where we're trying, we're moving towards lightening the load and, you know, using cloud functionality to make uh, gaming e easier, the, the footprint of portable gaming lighter. So then this, this big old beefy boy comes along and is like, hello, I'm here. I'm the juggernaut. Um, so we'll see how that goes down, but I definitely am interested in checking it out. Yes. I think um, I'm going yeah. to get one. It's interesting too, like this wasn't an E3. This could have been a big E3 thing if they wanted it, um, but instead they decided to do it on their own terms like yeah. most companies seem to be Val, doing nowadays. Val don't Val, care. Val calls okay. Val, <laughs> Val's, Val's like, fuck E3. Oh, my homies hate E3. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm definitely, there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, written and video features coming out of that, so make sure you keep your eye on GameSpot.com in the immediate future let's move on to quick listener questions hip -hop, we have hip -hop. got we have got to find a new listener question music because i always feel like <laughs> we're this is about to be a fight after that <laughs> but anyways if you'd like to email us with listener questions you can go to uh, what my my voice is just like falling apart um if you'd like to email us with listener questions you can hit up after dark podcast at gamespot.com or join our discord if you want access to the discord because we keep it tight in there um you can dm myself or Lucy james um and uh, we'll go through our usual vetting process and then give you access to the discord and you can send us questions in the after dark channel First question, Michael. Hey, you got it. Hey, After Dark crew, is it uh, is it possible that this will be the first console generation that there are no clear winners or losers? I can remember way back to Sega Genesis' lack of third-party support, all the way through Matric Machines, many missteps, <laughs> and from where I'm standing, I don't see any huge red flags from the three major platform holders, Kevin. From what's WH again? I, Kevin sends a question. West, West Hartford. West, West Hartford. Hartford. I should know that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kevin. West Hartford in the building. You know the vibes. Um, uh, I guess I'll answer first. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess so because like everyone's doing something different. Everyone has their own lane. No one's trying to compete in any other. Like Nintendo is very much on their own. Like they are separated from whatever Sony and Xbox are calling their console generations. Like we have a handheld console hybrid. We are making Nintendo games and we're porting older games here if you want to play those. Leave us alone. They're being left alone. Xbox is like, we're all in on Game Pass or service. We bought a bunch of studios. So in a way, there's still Xbox and PlayStation are still competitors, but they're not They're not like trying. It's, it's not like a dick measuring contest anymore. They're not trying to like uh, whip it out on stage. Like, bam, yeah, we're, we, we got y'all here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they're each... They're, I feel like they're very respectful of each other's, uh, what they're trying to do. So Game Pass, providing the best service, bang for your buck, um, optimizing games for the platform and incorporating the entire Xbox generation, uh, like all Xbox generations from 360, the original, make sure everything on Xbox One is also on series consoles and make sure the series X and S runs those the best. PlayStation has their exclusives. They have their first party studios. Um, and they kind of have that unlocked because it's like one banger after the other. Uh, and Xbox is gonna soon, they're gonna have one banger after the other as well. So uh, like, I think more now than ever, uh, I think having both consoles is beneficial. Or if you, if you wanna mm -hmm. play Xbox games, you can play them on PC because 
Xbox, they don't care if you're playing on PC or on a console as long as you're playing their games, right? So, and I think that that's the game changer there is that Xbox is uh, in a way platform agnostic. Uh, that if you want to play on mobile, if you want to play on PC, uh, if like uh, like Deathloop is a big PlayStation game, but that's coming from Bethesda. But they're like, you know, play that game if y'all want. We got Bethesda in the future, so we're not tripping. <laughs> uh, so if, it feels a lot that's on less PC too, right? Yeah. It feels a lot yes, less yeah. hostile, I guess. But that's at least at the like the presentation level in terms of the fan bases. I can't speak to that, so I don't know. But I'm kind of I'm kind of with Kevin on this one. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I think it, it feels like maybe like the the actual companies care less than the fans do. Yeah. It's sort of how like, I don't know, like we still get comments in like our videos that are like IGN versus GameSpot. Like, oh, like you guys are so much better. Like IGN. And, and, and I'm Aww. like, we well, don't care. Max is we, don't no, care. we don't care. Yeah. We don't care. And I know, <laughs> I know people tell IGN, you right now. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we yeah, don't like, care. <laughs> We don't care. We don't care. Like, IGN guys, doesn't care. Yeah, and let's, and let's, so, like, it's this weird beef that, like, the audience still thinks exists or wants to perpetuate. And I feel like that's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure at, on some level there are some maybe executives that are like, oh, we got to beat Sony or we got to beat Microsoft. But I think I get the feeling they kind of are like, whatever, man. Like, we're just doing our thing. They're doing their thing. Like, yeah. we're all making money. Like, whatever, you know. Oh, I watched three IGN videos this morning. While I was Bastard. working out, and Traitor. it was a great time. Traitor. I gave him, I gave him the clicks. I gave him the watch time. I was like, "This is good ass content. I love it." Bummed up. Yeah. Was it on the? Was it in your recommended feed? So it's like the click through rate and like recommended and all that. Well, I I went through. It was recommended video, and then I went to the channel and I found two wow. more videos. I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh click through goodness. these." I do that like because obviously they make good shit and they're off. They're off friends, so it goes <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like that—that's that same approach works for like all all of. I, I think that's the same approach people should take to all video game consoles. Just support them if you can. If you want go to, where the games yeah. are, go where you're comfortable. Yeah, if you want to, like I, I think beefing over over like what console you own, <laughs> grow get up. a grip and Touch grow grass, eat up. Ass. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. Touch grass, eat ass. Um, Evan, can you read the yes. next question that comes from a trusty patch notes? Yes, I can. GSAD crew, what modern QOL quality of life improvements that are common in today's hot games would you like to see implemented outside? Oh, oh man. If like I could, streets, if I like could, if I could go, if I could go yeah. to sleep and wake up in the same way that we can suspend and resume games, I would be a hundred percent up for that. Oh man. That'd be cool. I want uh, I want like trophies. Like when I do stuff, I want a thing that says like, you completed this task and I get a little yeah. accomplishment. And then you get a platinum for completing everything. And you're like, I did everything. Instead or, of like, you know, when you have to like work out and like eat right. You have to continue to do that. You get like the platinum and working out. And then it's like, it's done. You did it. Or it like yeah, you gives you a percentage. So you're like, man, like, oh, I know I'm at 50% yeah. before I get yeah, like yeah. swole. Like, all right, I, I know I'm making progress. Let, let's keep there going. Go, yeah. Come on, y'all. Fast That's travel, good. bro. Fast travel's been <laughs> in games, but like the way in which yeah. it's been like so common and like you don't have to necessarily like as long as you've been there, you can fast travel there. That's what I want, you know, so like I don't got to like keep that flying to New York. 
I could just be like, boom, fast travel, baby. Like, let, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. I don't mind. Like, the time can pass by, but the fact that I don't have to sit on a plane for six yeah. hours, y'all. Let's go, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to go to the airport. Absolutely, that is a I'm good one. But that is a good I'm, one. What if it was like Nintendo was locked behind a plastic figure you had to pay money for? You know, <laughs> that's fine. That's I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> buy, I'll, buy, I'll buy, buy my own amiibo. You got a, you've you've got to buy. It's like GTA mixed with amiibo. You've got to buy a building in the city that you want to go to. So okay, then you have right, a fast travel point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to play play be Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos out here. It's just so I could fast travel. I might as well sit just on the, I mean, it could be any it could be any building. So you could buy like a shack in the middle of nowhere. Like how so easy like, it is to know, buy property. Yeah. Just like, oh you just have like, yeah, buy the property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I think those those are a good selection. I, I'm I'm gonna say uh infinite inventory i just want i just want a bag i can open up i can take whatever i want out that's it doesn't matter good. i can just i can have everything yeah, in there great, just yeah. you know that also i would good. like patch updates to myself like yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> dude my body it needs a patch update like this yeah. shit's broken like fix it oh heart surgery Get, patch update that's it you know what i'm saying oh okay Easy. yeah yeah okay final question comes from trilens uh who's a writer you would love to see write a video game or be a consultant for an existing one. Hmm. That's a great idea. Um, uh, you in know, the, it's, I, I mean, like, in, this is obviously drawing inspiration from George R. R. Martin and yeah. Elden Ring, but he said it. Hmm. He said the game name. I said it. Got said it. Oh, what's uh, it. what's Elden Ring? I haven't heard about it. You know, heard about it? It's because it's not on Baby Game Nintendo, is it? Like, it's kind of right, like, exactly. That's why I've never heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Elden Ring on the Switch. Imagine that. That would be one hell of a thing. Uh, like the two Dark frames Souls remaster that, yeah, that barely ran. Well, Dark Souls Dude, actually you get, pretty, get a Steam Deck, solid. you could probably run it okay. Yeah, I mean, like, Dark Souls hey, on... you can on, play oh, Elden Ring Portable with the Steam Deck. Dark, yeah, you can. Dark Souls on, on Switch is actually pretty good. Like, I, I enjoy that version of the game. I think it's got the original lighting in certain different chunks of it, so it's a good game. Um, I can't think of very many. Um, like I was, I was gonna say Junji Ito. <laughs> and, you know, let's, I get, mean, let's get that train I'd rolling still like, again. I'd still like that. That'd be pretty yeah. good. Junji Ito uh, working. Yeah, that's that's my one. Junji Ito. There's. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, like Bill Nye is a, a writer. Uh, as well as Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, obviously they have different jobs, but they published, uh, they are authors of their own books. Um, I don't know, maybe they can consult or write a uh, sci-fi opera mm. uh, or a space opera, maybe. I feel like that yeah. they they would have wild ideas. Maybe it'll get too technical, um, but I imagine like something like Mass Effect consulted with Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, or any other like cool astrophysicists that can pitch in on ideas which, for that. Which one of them is a bummer? Because one of them is, there's one of these space experts that's always just being a bummer. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think it is. He's always just being like, actually, that's not how it works. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's 1,000% yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. a well, actually. But like, he's well-meaning for the most part. Yeah, I, I feel like he he would never let a, a, a sci-fi project come to completion because he'd be like, no, Mass Effect generators cannot exist, so we have to cancel this <laughs> the project. The devs are just like, just be like, shut God, the fuck up, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Shit, the shit. Yeah. I've actually got a... I was going to say, I've actually got a different answer. Um, I think the writer that I would love to see write a video game or be a consultant on, on a video game is me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What game? Yeah, what game would you consult on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll do anything. 
That was actually kind of kind of going to be my answer because I'm like I don't read books, I don't know any writers except for you guys. So I would like to see <laughs> I'd like to see Michael make his own uh, JRPG. Like I want I want to see Michael's my, what Michael's like ultimate JRPG is. Listen, you're a high school student. Uh, you get powers <laughs> okay. from a dude with a long ass nose. Uh, <laughs> you take down capitalism. Bam, bam, bam's done. You know what I'm saying? You heard it here first. Uh, Michael is <laughs> writing Persona Six. Yep. Hey. Michael, Michael is wow. Michael is reading a cease and desist letter. That's what he's reading. That is that is the fall 2020 <laughs> announcement. Damn dog, relax. I was gonna say Belinda Garcia, but she's already doing that. So shouts out to the yeah. homegirl. Bow. Yeah, uh, Michael Hyams Persona. Imagine that on a box. Oh god, <laughs> I buy it. I buy the shit out of that. Evan, you got any ideas what? for oh, Raya? Right. I don't know. I, I like the idea of, of GameSpot and IGN staff because we like IGN uh, oh, and yeah. them writing video games. And uh, yeah, you know, let's see. Uh, I want to see Matt Espinelli's game for sure. I want to oh, see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, Jordan, I want to see what Jordan has. I think Jordan can write something. Everyone, everyone on the staff. I even want to see us on video. Yeah, I want to see us try yeah. to write a game. We'd probably be terrible at it. I want to play Ben Jenka's yes. video game. Final Fantasy XIV next expansion written by Ben Jenka. <laughs> I want to I want to see Kurt write the true fiction video game that I can play where he's like yeah. investigating stuff. I want I want Callie to I want a, a a dating sim written by Callie. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd be good. She for Nintendo well, Switch. I mean, she, she is both she's she a consultant now. and and developing on games I guess now technically, yes. so so she yeah, did yes. it. She she's living our dream. You'd love to see <laughs> Perfect. it. Perfect. I also like. I just remembered, Kurt. Like, I don't wonder. I need to note to self: tell Kurt to play Backbone because that's another game that I started playing and is one hundred percent a Kurt. That's game. up his alley, right? Just, that is is up many of Kurt's bits. Um, let's oh. go. Um, and that's the episode of Gamespot After Dark for this week. Um, plugs, plugs, plugs. Time, uh, Jean Luc. What you been up to? Where can people find I have been on the Giant Bombcast second week in a row, filling in for Jan. Go check that out. Good time. Uh, we talked about how somebody sold a copy of Mario 64 for $1.5 million. That story is nuts. Um, These nuts. <laughs> well, Can't do it twice, man. Can't do it twice. <laughs> I'm chill. sorry. Chill, chill. You uh, um, and if you're listening yeah. to this on friday as of release of this podcast i will be uh, helping out on unprofessional fridays so if you're a giant bomb premium member you should go uh check that out it should be a good time um otherwise i am just doing the behind the scenes stuff with live streams you know keeping things afloat you know how it is michael uh you can find me and all of my bullshit at michael p Heim on twitter uh, I am uh, I'm back in the swing of things a little bit. Uh, I'm working on uh, reviewing some things. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. uh, some features lined up. Uh, and uh, and I am excited to go into meetings now every day uh, here at GameSpot because I might get to see Brinks. Oh my gosh, if you're watching the video version, Jean-Luc has you a not, cat. I thought this was no the last video, video version. No, no. Well, Jean-Luc has a new cat. During the episode. Damn, <laughs> Jean-Luc has a new cat. Uh, Max Scoville, uh, his old cat, is now Jean-Luc's cat. And she's so fairly cute. Oh, my gosh. I love you, Boinks. That's, that's, that's how much we love IGN. We're adopting their pets. Yeah. Uh, Evan Langer, <laughs> where can people find you and what you've been up to? 
You can find me on Twitter at EvanLanger98, and uh, I'm just going to plug all the Skyward Sword content we've been doing. Uh, you can read the review by Kevin Kenizevic, and then the video review that was edited by Richard Lee, and then all the stuff I've done. You could check out, I did a Wii vs. Switch graphics comparison. Uh, there's 10 minutes of gameplay you could check out on our second trailer, GameSpot Trailers. Um, you can watch the live stream Kurt and I did, uh, the VOD of that. And then I'm also working on uh, Biggest Changes video, which should hopefully be up by the end of the week, which I'm currently in the process of editing. So yeah, if you're interested in Skyward Sword HD, I recommend checking all that stuff out. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at H, where I'm upsetting babies um, by saying <laughs> Souls games should be accessible. Um, I'm also, uh, if you go to Giant Bomb, and you can watch Born to Run, a a, a video game series uh, about playing from software games, which features me and Danny. Uh, you can find uh, shorter edited versions on YouTube, um, Giant Bomb's YouTube uh, page. They're about 20 minutes long. If you want the full version, you need to be a Giant Bomb premium subscriber. They're about an hour long and has way more bands and way more gameplay. Um, I would recommend... If you like the free version on YouTube, you should subscribe because let's just say there's a good reason to do it on Giant Bomb. Um, and that's all I'll say for now. Um, and that's it. We're going to end this episode uh, with a new segment that I call Tweet of the Week. Oh, this, hell yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. This, okay. This, this Tweet of the Week comes from, you know him, you love him, Hideo Kojima, oh, who no. tweeted who tweeted on July 15th at 1.18 p.m. UK time, I reviewed the trailers I've done in the past. I have to say, it's all well done. LOL. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> you know what? Respect. Heck yeah. Man oh, loves his work. God. I'm about I'm, yeah. that. A, like... a bunch of people probably reply with the Obama giving Obama the medal. You know, that's, you know, I, yeah. I respect that energy. You should be proud of your work. And you know what? That's, he's, he's not wrong. Also, I just remembered July 15th. It's my birthday. Hey, hey, happy birthday. Birthday of the week. Hey, happy to me. birthday to Michael Hyam. Be like Michael Hyam and Hideo Kojima. Be your own biggest fan and gas yourself <laughs> mm -hmm. up this week. And we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. <laughs>